You may know that the Troy School Board oversees the public education we receive in our community. But what do we know about the people on the board? In this series, we aim to sit down with each board member for a one-on-one -on -one conversation where we'll learn about their career, their own school experience, and find out what led them to serving on the Troy School Board of Education. This episode features Steve Gottlieb, who has been serving on the board for about five years. Previously, he worked as a Troy School District teacher for over 40 years. I'm your host, Thomas Butcher, and this is Board Members. Besides being a member of the Troy School Board, who is Steve Gottlieb? How do you describe yourself? Well, I guess pretty standard answers to those things. I, you know, a, a dad, uh, a parent, a husband, and I've had a variety of I don't want to say occupations because they're short-term stints as a planning commission member, a city councilman in Troy, um, a realtor, um, 41 years of teaching in Troy schools, um, and a variety of subjects. So certainly those things have impacted my perceptions of what we do. And now take us back to your years as a K-12 student. What was school like for you? <laughs> a K-12 student. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, I was one of those individuals that was not totally engaged in school. Really? Uh, really. Oh. Yeah. And especially at high school, I didn't see the value or the reason for being there unless uh, – you could do something that was worthwhile, and to me, worthwhile was something that provided me with an opportunity to earn a living. I didn't really want to be there. So, so those typical subjects—science, math, social studies—did you, you struggle in those classes? Um, well, I didn't excel. You didn't <laughs> yeah. excel. Okay. And uh, I would say that when I was a student in high school, uh, the only thing I wanted to do was get out of high school. Mm. Uh, if that makes any sense. The the student that I was was the student that I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with as a teacher in vocational education. And that's somebody that needed to see value in work that was recent, relevant, and productive, and things that were real for students that had real-life applications. So, with that being said, what were your favorite classes, if any? Did you have opportunities for electives and whatnot? So, honestly, the classes were, were just the, the same standard curriculum that you had to take. It was the thing that stands out in my mind is the individuals. It's the teachers mm. and the relationship. In fact, as I – well, so I've worked with uh, a broad range of students and – I think that all the students that I have worked with, that I build up that same relationship with, are me. <laughs> so <laughs> I look back to how beneficial that was on an individual basis. So if I look back for myself, and then I hope that I can provide that same, I guess, connection with the students that I've had, and that you know many of them I am still in touch with, just like I think you asked about my favorite class, mm -hmm. photography. 
So you uh, took photography. Oh yeah, in high school. Wow. And uh, and I can tell you that like many of the things that are taught, um, photography provided me with an opportunity to earn a living. It was a skill, and I saw that there was a application for it, and it provided me with a chance to. I worked as a photographer in Las Vegas for a short while <laughs> for an outfit that uh, has since become uh, very large. And the technology's changed, but at the end of the day, the skill sets mm -hmm. never went away. The creative side is, has remained relevant. Well, and that creative part of what students bring to any discussion is the part that I hope as I hoped as a teacher and now as a board member that we will be able to enhance the opportunities for students to be able to utilize their creative ideas as we were just talking out there in the mm -hmm. uh, lobby. Um, the innovation class is a perfect example mm -hmm. of getting student voices because it impacts them the most. Mm -hmm. This is the class taught at Athens. That's what mm -hmm. my understanding yes. was. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like relationships are a very important aspect for you, both when you were a student and then as a teacher. Did you find any of that outside of the classroom when you were still a student? Were you participating in any clubs or sports or anything else outside of high school that was important to you at the time? At the at which time are you referencing? When you were a student in particularly high school. When I was a student in high school, the only thing I wanted to do was get out of high school. Okay. In fact, I was a mid-year graduate. I graduated and uh, I started teaching, however, when I was 19 due to just a random occurrence. One of my, uh, my photography teacher came to a service station where... I was running that service station at the time and said that, oh, you should uh, consider this new high school going up in Troy. And to me, Troy was the sticks then. Uh, but <laughs> Explain what that means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was an uh, unimproved mm. area. Mm. Nobody had heard of Troy. Uh, well, there were a few people, but it seemed like uh, they were building a new high school and it was a growing community in 1974 and has maintained that. So uh, it's been that way for a long time. But he suggested I apply for that job. I was 19 and I was hired as a classroom teacher for vocational auto mechanics uh, at Athens in 74, 75 school year. So as a teacher, when you first started Athens, it's purely for the mechanics. You didn't teach anything else. No, when I started, it was the mechanics, although back then we had a program. It was called Power Mechanics. Hmm. I don't think it exists anywhere now, but it was, well, we built uh, model rockets, and it involved uh, small engines, and we would take a small engine, disassemble the entire small engine, test all the components, put it back together, and make it run. Mm -hmm. So those were the kinds of things that we did back then. Now, I have a couple questions based off of what we're talking about here. But first, I have to ask, you're going from, as a student, wanting nothing but to get out of high school and now 
relatively quickly after getting out of high school, you turn around and you go back to a high school as a teacher instead. I didn't believe it myself. <laughs> how does that happen? So, uh, you really want the specifics of how it happened? <laughs> sure. Okay. So, then more than now, but now it is still, in fact, in place. So, anybody who is listening to this could say, oh, I could do that. I was a mechanic, so I'm twisting a wrench repairing cars, and I had not much college. I think I had just started some coursework at Wayne, and uh, even then it was uh, just the early stages. The state of Michigan allows for anyone who is able to demonstrate a skill so if you have a skill and there's a demand in public school and there aren't certified teachers for that trade, they can hire you under something called annual authorization, which basically means they fire you at any time. Mm. So I was an annually authorized vocational teacher teaching vocational auto mechanics. Wow. At 19. <laughs> So did that class ever come into question as to whether or not they needed it still? Did it ever go away for a certain time? Um, there was a short period. It Auto mechanics as a um, occupation mm -hmm. has evolved. After I left, they hired another individual. And then when he left, they turned that into the now a meeting area at Athens. When you say you left, did you teach something else but stayed in the building? I taught uh, photography and also there was a few sections of government and econ over the years. So um, I taught a variety of things for the Troy School District, not the least of which is three decades as a driver education teacher. Wow. And that was a job of... Hours and hours of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer terror. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Wow. But it was great. It was wonderful. If you're eventually teaching government, does that mean you finished college and got the uh, qualifications to teach a more standard class, as you might say? Or because you were already a teacher at that point and you already had the knowledge? Like, how did that work out? So it took me a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um because I was obviously working. Yeah, you were working. So I had to drive up to uh, U of M Flint uh, every day for, I think it took me about five years to get an undergrad degree, uh, which I did. And they had a special program at the time for individuals who were uh, vocational teachers in specific subject areas and that wanted to get a degree and my you could see the writing on the wall i mean my thought was if i wanted to stay doing this job mm -hmm. i better get a degree so i went back to school and got the degree hmm. now if you're a teacher i imagine that you have a passion for helping students with their learning and everything else that goes with that did you find that passion along the way did you have that before you became a teacher because it sounds like you were working as a mechanic and it's quite the U-turn, if you ask me, to go from a mechanic to, even though that's what you're teaching, a teacher. <laughs> so 
the word you used was passion. Mm-hmm. And I guess if there's anything that that triggers in my brain is that I see now students that have what I guess I would refer to as their passion project. And to me, that was what I was trying to accomplish. I was trying to share the skill sets that I had with students that had similar interests. So it's a pretty narrow group, you know, and and at that time, uh, my interests weren't as broad as they are. So what my goal was, was to share whatever my skills and abilities were that I could bring to individuals that had an, and I don't think we called it passion project back then, but it was, that was their area of interest. And many of my students have gone on to be very active in the areas that I had done the teaching and instruction in. So my passion and their passion aligned perfectly (laughs) and it allowed them to grow. And that's what I was trying to accomplish at the time. And I had always had, I had parents that were, ran a photography business. So when that opened up, that was another area that was my passion. And I shared it with many of the students that, uh, I, I still run into students that share with me the work they're doing or the work that they've done. And some of them that even have not made that a, a, passion like it's their career, but want to share the things they've, the skills they've learned in those courses. Now, I want to talk to you more about photography in a moment here, but first I want to divert just a moment to ask, at what point does marriage and family life play into this, especially if you're teaching and going to school at the same time at one point, like when does the personal life factor into that? Uh, you have a goal and you try and achieve that goal and you hope that your personal life will uh, ultimately get to the point you're, you're aiming for. I, I can tell you that there were three years in a row I spent five hours a day in the car because I had to go to work and then uh, drive up to coursework up in Flint. And uh, you're right. Those were some challenges. Um, and... Uh, they take their toll, and well, I can't tell you much more than I did the best I could at the time. I have two children with my first wife and two children with my second wife that she brought to that marriage, and uh, I think that the skills that I learned are the same skills that I want to share with the students that I had, and it was an easier road for me because I had a skill set that I was able to always use. And those are the kinds of things that, that I, that's what involved me in education. Because what I saw was, from my perspective as a student, I didn't see value in learning things that didn't have direct applications to my areas of interest. Now, that was a pretty young guy looking at things. As an educator, I try and do everything I can to listen to student voices and hear what their areas of interest are. As a teacher, I did that. And then now, as a board member, 
you try and do your best to provide input that is allowing it to be student-centric. Now, when you're teaching photography, what does that look like compared to what we're familiar with today? Because I imagine having physical photo, prints, film, all that stuff is different compared to the digital cameras that we are now used to. So the skill set that you need in photography has not changed. The mechanics has. Sure. But the ideas of... Lighting composition. Lighting composition and how you're going to frame something mm -hmm. and even more so, how are you going to present it? We did some things and, you know, I can tell you as a classroom teacher, I want to reach out and thank uh, the Troy Foundation for Educational Excellence. They provided the funds for our students to be able to print our photo back then we would actually mm -hmm. go in the dark room and make the photographs and they provided the funds for us to frame and mat and then display that work at somerset mall so that's a good example of how the students got an opportunity to do things that that was real that was authentic work <laughs> and it was displayed mm -hmm. and commented on and those are the things that let people know that there's value to their skill sets. And so when I said I had an easier road, I had always had a skill set. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's no different than yesterday I got a haircut. And I asked the barber, I said, how'd you do this? How'd you get into this? She said, in high school, I wanted to be a psychologist, but I didn't talk to people very well. And... I went to beauty school. So I saw the value of what she was saying. Even So it's, it's no different. Things haven't changed. She saw the value of having a skill that provided an income. And, you know, she'd been doing that for 11 years. Well, those are the things that I think are really beneficial is to listen and be able to provide what people students, because I view them as people, are asking for what they need, what they want, and what we can do to help them be productive for themselves and, and even for society in a bigger picture. There are some skills you don't necessarily need to go to a four-year college to learn. There are other ways to learn those skills and whatnot. Would you agree with that? I think you need to pay attention to what the needs of the student are. Not every student is desirous or is interested in spending four years in an academic setting. I will tell you, I know a lot of people that work with their hands. I can tell you plumbers and mechanics and that if it's an income, they're earning an income without going to a four-year institution. And I don't want to sound like I'm talking against further education. I can tell you that what I said to all of my kids, four children, was I don't care what you do, do something that you like. And that was critical. And I will tell you that uh, I've had 
students graduate from William and Mary, from uh, Michigan State, from Harvard, and from Princeton, and U of M. So I am a strong believer that if it's a fit, a four-year or further institution is wonderful. Absolutely. But by the same token, why would you only encourage individuals to spend time doing things that they don't want to do and ultimately won't serve to benefit them? And that goes back to the original question of, you know, what are we doing here and why are we doing it? And you want to do things that provide students with skills and give them opportunities for authentic, relevant work. So there's a lot of opportunities. We, we, and I can tell you, I think the Troy School District does an outstanding job providing those opportunities. That's not to say any student has to go into uh, a career-type program or an academic program. It's that we listen and provide the opportunity for kids in all programs in all areas of interest. So that's the, the direction that I approach this from. You were teaching mainly these classes that were not necessarily the traditional classes that everyone associates with what school is. And they're learning these skills to be able to use it in ways that people might not have anticipated. Well, and that's it. There, there, you know, a lot of the jobs that are here, even the fact that you're sitting here talking to me and we're at a table with wireless interfaces on flat screen displays <laughs> in a very well-designed acoustical room. Thank you very much. <laughs> that would all of the, none of this would have existed a decade ago. Um, and, and my original move into education was almost 50 years ago. So I can say that what you're teaching is habits of mind. You're teaching and giving opportunities to see things. Many times that students would say, well, I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> and that's our job is to provide that exposure to a variety of things. And I think, you know, I hope we can continue the good work that we do in Troy. I, I fought for many of those things, and it was supported by uh, the teaching staff, by the administration. And I can only tell you that the work that we do here is as good as the work anywhere. <laughs> Our programs here are excellent, and they're not just the programs because it's not a book or a room. It's the relationships that are built between the educators and the students. That's what I see. Now, what else do you get involved with over the years? Because you do more than teaching when it's all said and done, a lot more than teaching. I do a few things. Yeah. Yes, I have. I've had a variety of positions and most of them came when I was nearing the end of my teaching career, mostly because I always felt that if if you're going to complain, you better be willing to put yourself forward and contribute. And I always 
felt that it's important to have a seat at the table. You may not prevail, but two things will potentially occur. One is you'll have an opportunity to have your ideas challenged and be exposed to new ideas so that maybe your way of thinking might evolve. So that was what I perceived as a benefit to having the time. You know, you alluded earlier to how did it impact uh, life and family and that. And that evolved to city council, planning commission. Uh, I'm a realtor, so I joined and was elected to the board of realtors. Uh, I currently serve as chair of the Brownfield Redevelopment for the city of Troy. Uh, I'm on a, a chairman of the board for TNI Credit Union. So I do try and have some diverse uh, roles that allow me to learn about other areas. So why do you retire from teaching? Is there a specific reason? It's a challenging question. <laughs> Why did you retire? 41 years, right? Yes. Was it enough? Did you feel that it was time to move on? I, I would say it was, um, it was a bittersweet thing because I love teaching. I mean, I always told my children and my students, you know, of course, got to be careful what you say because <laughs> I told people I would have done this job for free. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> I loved the job that I did. And that, <laughs> you, you, it's hard to put that into words, right? So, but the, the world was a changing place and I wanted to make sure that two things – I stayed abreast of the changes that were taking place because I want to make sure that the students that I had had the latest technology. And auto mechanics was a shifting field along with photography, which are two areas that I had spent a lot of time in. And I, I felt that I enjoyed it when I was there. I loved it. I had done it for 41 years. I think that uh, I wanted to look at some other things also. So, but I couldn't step away from education. So right. that's why I joined, you know, I ran for and was elected to school board right. because I couldn't just walk away from that. So at what point does that become an actual idea to run for the board? That's a That's a very deep question because really – the idea of do you want to run for the board and, and any board, you know, whether it's city council or, or the other ones that I mentioned, usually I think a lot of folks do that because they want to, they want to fix something or, or there's a perceived slight or there's something wrong. And I guess my motivation, how that occurred is, I always looked for how could I provide input and make things better because the things that we do here in Troy, I think are outstanding. There's always an opportunity for improvement. So the decision to run for the board 
kind of evolved. It was a process, not an event. It didn't occur because of something. It occurred because I recognized there's an opportunity to have a seat at the table and a voice in what is done. That was how it evolved. It, it didn't, it wasn't a switch that flipped or anything. So if you go all the way back to when you first start teaching and you tell yourself that you're now on the board, is that surprising to you way back then? Do you oh. see, could you see that happening naturally as you no progressed way. in your career? No way. No so way. So things did change a lot for you then. Oh my gosh. All I wanted to do was get out of school and go to work. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. But even when you became a teacher? Well, I was living the dream. I mean, as a teacher, I was there working with people that were interested in the things that I was doing and more so they would then take the skill sets and go out and earn a living and start their own businesses and do things. So this was the furthest thing from your mind, being on a board. When I started? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) not even considered. Do you think being a former teacher from the district gives you a different perspective than as a board member? Well, and that was part of the idea of having a seat at the table. I was hoping that as a 41-year teacher having taught vocational education and also you know, a more academic curriculum and a variety of subjects over many different schools would – and in addition to that, I, I will say – I had held a lot of roles as building rep and uh, grievance chair for the district for many years. So I had heard from a lot of different people with different uh, goals or ideas or concerns, and many of them uh, were valid. And I hope to bring and share some of those ideas and concerns to a wider venue that would have an opportunity to impact the things that go on in the district and and let us continue to do the good things that we've done for kids. And you've been on the board for about five years at this point, right? Yeah, this is it. This is um, headed for, uh, well, the term is six years. Yeah. Yeah. What's the biggest thing you've learned in your five years on the board? Has anything surprised you? Well... I approached it from a paradigm of thinking I understood what governance and membership on the school board was. And in the position, you learn that your role is a role that requires cooperation, knowledge, and the group effort from people that don't always share your idea, but do always share as their core value things that are good for kids. So I never really understood the the true impact. So it was a it was a learning experience that I'm still experiencing and it's a process and it's one that um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to serve. And, and I don't say that. That's not like just words. It's been wonderful. And final question for you. What does the future hold for the Troy School District? Or at the very least, 
what do you want to see? So I guess I, I, I think that I, like everybody else, I'm really concerned. <clears throat> I wonder, you know, the pandemic has really uh, played havoc with, uh, you know, just having a conversation with a teacher saying, you know, our seniors uh, are really challenged by some of these things. So I don't have a crystal ball, but I do have the ability to say that if we can continue doing the work that we've been doing, it'll be successful. And, you know, I look at things like uh, the program, uh, Bill Turner's work with this new facility and the courses that they've brought on are providing opportunities that we needed. And I'm so grateful that Troy has seemed to support what we've brought forth because there's a lot of communities that don't have those opportunities. So I'm kind of pleased to see we are looking at student-centric work. We're trying to integrate what students need and want, and I hope we can provide some authentic work for kids. You know, I was a co-op coordinator for many years and placing kids out on the job site. And then many of those kids became employees at places they worked at. And to me, the kids loved it. And it was beneficial to the employer, the student, and the community. And that was where the success of education, at least in Troy schools, was in that it was a bond between the school or education and the community because at the end of the day we only exist to serve the community and we have to be able to provide something that there's value added that the community sees benefit in and i also i i don't know if i mentioned i I, as a realtor and i've done that for decades i can't tell you how many times people have said to me well we're only considering troy schools and i you know (laughs) <laughs> understand that and support that. And, uh, it can be difficult when it's right on the border. And it, <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right. And 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 in fact, I, I recently have had one individual who's who's asked, you know, what can I do to get my kids into Troy? And 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 the answer is, they have to live here. <laughs> they could pay tuition. Yeah. So, what I see for the future is greater opportunities. I I mean, we're doing a great job, but you can't rest on your laurels. You have to be able to say, what can I do that will bring more value to our students? Well, Steve, thank you very much for finding the time on short notice. I'm wishing you the best in health, and I hope you have a happy holidays and a happy new year. Well, thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to Board Members, a TSD world-class podcast. If you like what you heard, then please consider leaving us a five-star review. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We produce a variety of shows. Between sports, electives, career readiness, and more, we have something for everyone. I'm your producer, Thomas Butcher, and we'll see you next time.